you're ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. Welcome back to the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are recording on Thursday, August 2nd, which means the Hall of Fame game is going on. We got football back and it's not going away, Scott, for what? Five months? Five months, six months. We got an RG3 sighting out there in the first <laughs> half. He's getting getting a crack at a Hall of Fame game. A little Hayden Hurst action. Benny Cunningham running up and down the field. And Lamar Jackson making his debut tonight in, uh, in the Hall of Fame game for Baltimore. And this is a great day, but tomorrow's an even better day. I believe it is your birthday, partner. Happy birthday. Uh, it sure is. I appreciate that, my friend. 35 years young. I feel like I'm about 60, but... We'll take it. 35 years young. Looking forward to it. Spend some time with the family. My wife, my daughter, and I, birthdays within five days of each other. So it's a very busy month, the early part of August for us. Well, congratulations to you. I'd love to be 35 again. Congratulations to you and your family. And certainly looking forward to your family birthday party on Saturday. So very excited about that. And to celebrate tomorrow, I'm going to give you a gift. What I would like you to do tomorrow as a gift from me to you is I actually just edited and produced the RV32 Philadelphia Eagles team preview. Now, Neil Dutton did that there over at, at Rotoviz for us, and I actually produced it. And what was exciting about producing it, Scott, is I got to listen to it and, and really cut it up. My favorite part of Jimmy Kemsky, the Eagles beat reporter for a very long time, that he said the best part he said the entire thing was he wants to advise fantasy football fans to please not draft Trey Burton. Because having, <laughs> having watched Trey Burton, he said, I have to tell you, he's not on the team anymore. I don't get that one. He said, Trey Burton was better two years ago than he was last year. He had about a 200 receiving yards, and the guy gets a massive contract. He goes, I would stay away from him. As soon as I heard that, I wanted to record it and call you and wake you up in the middle of the night because I was editing it late at night and play it for you. So Jimmy Kemsky says no to Trey Burton, but Scott Burke says yes. We'll see who's right. I sure do, and I tried <laughs> vehemently uh, tried to trade ahead in this dynasty draft that is just taking eons to <laughs> Be accomplished here. Start up to top. To, start stop. Yeah. I tried to draft in front of the guy that picks right before me uh, to get Trey Burton. I failed, and sure enough, Trey Burton went. So I missed out on him. I believe that was the thirteenth round, and we got a guy that is about eleven minutes away from an auto pick. So that just shows you how how this draft has just been uh, dragging out. We had some good progress the past couple of days, and we haven't had a pick in six hours. And it's, uh, it's, we're in the sixteenth round. We're halfway there. You know what's so interesting is that. You know, the way it does it on my Fantasy League site is you can sort the players by ADP or you can sort them by rank. And I believe they're ranking based on our scoring system. So I do that. But before I pick, I do both just to see who's up there. And I saw that Trey Burton was like the next available player. And I really thought about just taking him to annoy you. I really did. Yeah. But I, re I refuse to do that because that will lead to no good, right? It would re there's nothing positive will come of that. And I, that's that's not a successful fantasy football strategy. Folks, do not do that. Do not do that. Yeah, you no. want to block. You're going to the championship game and you want to block your opponent from picking somebody up. That's different. But you're going to block somebody in a draft. I mean, I have no life, Scott. But I have a little bit more life than that. <laughs> well, let's, let's <laughs> Said a couple of rounds earlier, I said I thought about doing it to you with David Njoku, <laughs> who you ultimately did not get. But I I, I'm not a Njoku guy, and it would have just been hurting myself. Even though I did with my latest picks, take a uh, a stash. I took Hunter Henry in the 16th round. I like stash that. Yeah, wow, sure. absolutely. I figured that was the right spot. As uh, there's uh, no quarterbacks left. The only quarterback left is RG3. So 
We'll see how that goes. All right. Well, there's the whistle. We're coming in. Here we go. News and notes. Hall of Fame game style. Uh, first up, the Indianapolis Star believes that the Colts' touch leader in the backfield could vary from game to game. Stephen Holder, the reporter, said it's been day-to-day so far. Frank Reich is giving us absolutely nothing, as you would expect a first-year head coach to do. Reich was with the Eagles in 2017, and right now the Colts' back-to-own is to be determined. Summer clarity is coming, Scott. What say you? I say we got to wait to see what happens in the important second and third preseason games to get any sort of read on this. But it's like we've talked about in the past. Marlon Mack is what we both assume gets the first crack. Jordan Wilkins second. Naeem Hines going to be on the third downs. But until we start to see how this plays out, this is one of those really uh, you know, foggy situations because all three could make an impact, which, of course, would then limit what they all do production-wise for fantasy. The Las Vegas Review-Journal reports that Jordy Nelson has been moving like he's 28 in Raider camp. Now, the reporter, Michael Gelkin, who's a longtime reporter, said that this is certainly like a training camp puff statement. However, he certainly says he looks like an asset. Polished routes, Derek Carr, it's what they need. Um, John Gruden's talked about how great he's looked. He was 32 in 2017, but he turns 33 in May. I know you don't like Cooper as much. Are you buying the Jordy Nelson revival? I mean, it could buy it a little bit. I mean, you know, if he's healthy, he'll make he'll be a contributing factor. I just think there's a lot to go around there. Cooper, Bryant, Nelson, Cook, the running backs. There'll be a lot, a lot uh, targets to be out there for uh, Raiders receivers. If he's healthy, I mean, he's not going to get 125, 130 targets, but maybe 95 targets, maybe 70, 75 receptions is is in the cards possibly with uh, Derek Carr and the uh, Raiders. Absolutely shocking on this one. Other news, sun rises in east, sets in west. Andy Reid isn't concerned that Patrick Mahomes has thrown eight interceptions across seven training camp sessions. He says, I want him to test the offense. If you don't have the fortitude to test it, you're going to be one of those quarterbacks who checks it down every time. Okay, I just want to say, Scott, I know this may be hard to believe, but a guy who's only started one game in his career is actually throwing a lot of interceptions. And even though Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Andrew Luck in their first full years as a starter averaged 17.75 interceptions a year, Coach Andy Reid is not worried about Patrick Mahomes. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, tons. I mean, I'd be I'd be a little bit concerned. I mean, listen, I get it. You you don't want to hold you don't want to hold him back in training camp and in practice. You want to let him air it out and see what he's got, but over seven. I mean, it's basically what one a game, a little one point one two a game. If we put that out there, um, yeah. I mean, it'd be a little bit concerning for somebody that you know, fantasy owners and players out there have been anointing an automatic QB one top five quarterback this year. So uh, it, it's concerning. It's it's early, but let's see how this plays out. But I'd rather much rather hear him say eight touchdowns across seven training camp sessions than eight interceptions. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Speaking Thursday, offensive coordinator Norv Turner, oh Norv, said it's realistic to believe that McCaffrey could get 25 to 30 touches per game. They want McCaffrey to handle a monster workload. Maybe he could get to 18 to 20. That sort of jump would have him pretty much as an RB1, even in non-PPR leagues. What do you got here, Scott? McCaffrey, CJ Anderson, what's the breakdown? That's a lot of touches, 20, 25 to 30 for a back that, you know, really excels in the passing game. I mean, he could he could run the ball through the tackles if he needed to, but it's not his specialty and it's not his forte. Uh, C.J. Anderson's there for a reason. He's there to get some of those yards in between the tackles, in between, you know, the 20s and whatnot. So, and especially at the goal line, 25 to 30 seems like a stretch for me. I'm, I'm more in the 18 to 20, maybe the 20 to 22 range. That sounds about right for me on uh, McCaffrey, but 25 to 30, that does increase his value, but I'm, I'm not buying that. 
202 pounds is Christian McCaffrey, and he's going as the RB12 right now in PPR formats, and he will not be getting the goal line carries. I have no exposure to him and have no interest whatsoever. Next up, the Eagles expect, according to NBC Sports, to feature two tight end sets. Zach Ertz is great. Ruben Frank wrote, the beat reporter, that Dallas Goddard looks like he's ready to make an enormous impact in the red zone. 21 touches in 75 career games. Ertz has never been a huge stalwart near the goal line. Could Goddard be draftable here in redraft formats? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, this has got to be Ertz, you know, uh, looking at 110, 120 targets. And even if Goddard makes a little bit of an impact inside the red zone, I don't think it'll overly affect Ertz's total numbers. He's still the number one tight end there. He's still the best tight end there. And you see how it plays out. I mean, Trey Burton, the guy who got this enormous contract from the Bears, was the number two tight end. He had 23 catches last year. So are you looking at something similar like that? Maybe it, if that's the case, it didn't affect Ertz too much. So Going to combine our last two together. Patriots, wide receivers. They signed Eric Decker to a one-year contract. And Mike Reese reports that Philip Dorsett has been giving quality reps in training camp. Dors- uh, Decker, Dorsett, Kenny Britt. Julian Edelman out for four games. Chris Hogan, Scott Burke. You playing? Maybe you join the Patriots. Well, your boy is gone. Jordan Matthews not only landed on injured reserve, but then uh, he was cut. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. big J Matt. We, we 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 hardly we hardly big whiffer. Big whiffer on J Matt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I were to take a chance on one of these two, and Dorsett would be the intriguing one to me. I mean, Decker really was a shell of himself in Tennessee. I know New England's different. Tom Brady's there. These older guys sometimes come in in the system and they you know, they produce again. But I'd be intrigued in what Dorsett can give. I think Dorsett can give you some speed on the outside, give you a couple of big plays here and there. Would I be drafting either one of them? Yeah, maybe not. If I did one, it would be Dorsett. Hogan's value has got to go up a little bit by default now until uh, Edel- Edelman comes back. And then, of course, you know, Gronk is Gronk. So if I'm looking at either one of these two, I- I'm not going to waste my time with Decker. But i maybe give Dorsett a late-round flyer. Second quarter. Second quarter, fantasypros.com, very good site. They give you a lot of information, great rankings. I know you contribute to their rankings. I do, and I'm actually – I'm going to score this year, man. I got to tell you, I'm focused, okay? Last year was my first year ranking. Maybe I didn't rank enough guys, the whole thing. I'm coming for blood. I am the premier tight end ranker in redraft, Scott. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to – I'm yeah. going to – I'm calling a top 10 finish for tight ends of Fantasy Pros. Yeah, you're, you're fantastic in your rankings, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike Taglieri, one of the good writers there on Fantasy Pros, put out an article talking about touchdown regression candidates. They put out 10 wide receivers, some of them pretty yeah, pretty popular, pretty good, top, top-notch wide receivers that he expects or could regress in their touchdown numbers this year. And I want to see if you agree or disagree and we will start with number one, Stefan Diggs. Had eight touchdowns last year with Case Keenum. Adam Thielen had a big year. Adam Thielen's there. Kyle Rudolph there. Kirk Cousins loves his tight ends. Is Stefan Diggs in a position to regress with his touchdowns this year from eight? Will it go down or will it go up? No, I, I kind of think that Thielen's going to take a step back. I, I, I think Thielen has a high floor, and I think Diggs has the home run potential. Just signed the big deal. You saw the, the gif of him or the, the video of him on Twitter there making the diving catch. I think that's a result of Case Keenum, which is really why I like Scott Emmanuel Sanders. I feel that like Keenum loves that slot guy, maybe doesn't like to take too many chances down the sidelines. Diggs is 100 times more athletic than Demarius Thomas at this point in his career. So I really like Emmanuel Sanders on the flip side. 
I, I think that's about right. I, I think that's a decent area. I don't see regression with Diggs, and I, I'm sort of buying into the hype on Diggs. I did not like Diggs earlier in the summer, but I'm coming around on him. So he certainly has that explosion. Listen, Kirk Cousins is going to be a, a more take more shots than Case Keenum did. Your, your thoughts on Adam Thielen being a wide receiver 11 compared to Diggs being the wide receiver 14 right now per fantasy pros? Uh, here's my point. I, it's a good one. I think Adam Thielen is a safe top 20 wide receiver. I put him more towards the bottom of that, like wide receiver 19, wide receiver 20. Diggs could very well be like a wide receiver 6. He could also be lower than Thielen. So if you want consistency and you want safe, take Thielen. But if you really are ready to make a home run, pitch, go for Diggs. I, he's a little volatile for me, Diggs. But I did draft him in some of my leagues. I have some Diggs exposure. I have some Thielen. I took Thielen in our league because I wanted a safe wide receiver there. So I think it's close. But I, I think both are, are reasonable, reasonable values. All right. Number two, Sammy Watkins. He also had eight touchdowns last year. That was with Jared Goff in the Rams offense. He now goes to Kansas City, Andy Reid, and not Alex Smith, but Pat Mahomes. Eight touchdowns for Watkins with Mahomes, he is a current wide receiver, 29 PPR fantasy pros. Your thoughts on Watkins, up or down? I think that's a buck, uh, uh, one or two too high there. You said wide receiver, 29 for Watkins. And then you that's have Tyre- what I got him at right now. And you got wide receiver basically 14-ish for Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is the one who's going to suffer with Patrick Mahomes. So I kind of like Watkins. I think he's safe as well. I, don't th- I think eight's a lot. I, I like six, maybe seven. Eight's a little high to me. So maybe a little bit of regression. But I do think he's going to benefit from playing with Mahomes, because I don't think Mahomes is going to be able to utilize Hill as much. All right, number three, Will Fuller. We saw Will Fuller had some big success with Deshaun Watson when he was going early on in the season and Watson got hurt. Fuller also got hurt, kind of tailed off. He finished with seven touchdowns last year, all from Watson. Your thoughts on Will Fuller, who's going as a wide receiver 42 right now, right along the area of a Marquise Goodwin, Sterling Shepard, Nelson Aguilar. Seven touchdowns for Will Fuller. Can he go up from there with a healthy Watson all season long? Good timing on this one. I just had the pleasure of talking to one of the best NFL beat reporters in the country in John McClain. No relation to... Senator John McClain? McCain? No. What's the... Uh, McClain. No, what's the movie? Die Hard. Okay. Sorry. Ter- Terminator? No, Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. No relation to... John McClain of Die Hard, Scott. But John McClain on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. He's been covering the Texans, uh, the Houston sports for 40 years, and he's an expert on the Texans. He feels that Will Fuller is going to have a little bit of a regression, certainly, from his averages with Watson. He, You know, he told me, man, he told me when Fuller, Hopkins, and Watson were all healthy, you know the Texans were averaging like 42 points a game? Yeah, they were. I mean, they were they were rolling. Um, but I think there is going to be some regression there. I expect his catches to go up, maybe his touchdowns to go down a little bit. Um, he also pointed out, by the way, total side note that Deshaun Watson he thinks is dark horse MVP candidate, which would give Houston. Did you know this? Their third consecutive MVP without Tuve and James Harden. That's odd. I, I, I didn't really. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, was, the guy was tremendous. Uh, John McClain was great. So yeah, I see a little bit of regression with Fuller. Maybe more catches, less touchdowns. Just curious. What was his thoughts on Lamar Miller? Oh, yeah. He said, you know, it's so funny. We were talking about this, you and I, on text. No one loves Lamar Miller, right? No no one comes and says, I love Lamar Miller. You say, oh, I love his value, right? Or I love his ADP. There's no Lamar Miller true. No one's walking around Lamar Miller's jersey, right? He said he's serviceable. He said he's serviceable. And listen, they want Deontay Foreman. He confirmed what I thought. Uh, so that's why, folks, you should always listen to us. Follow me on Randall Rand. Follow Scott at SCOT557 or the podcast at PUT Blitz. 
he said that they wanted it to be Deontay Foreman. If Deontay Foreman is healthy, he said he'd be the starter. I mean, basically, he, he alluded to that is what I would say. But he's not sure if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. So he said Miller is serviceable is what he said. And I want to point out, Miller's averaged five more points, fantasy points per game when Watson played last year than when he didn't. He was averaging like 14.9 fantasy points per game with Watson. If you play that out, that's a top 10 PPR back. Yeah, I mean, Watson made everybody better last year. So if he's healthy, I mean, you got to watch for that offense in Houston because that's not something we say often. That Houston offense is usually bad, but a healthy Watson, is it's the complete opposite for them. Number four on this list, Alshon Jeffrey. He had nine touchdowns last year. He is a wide receiver 20 right now. To me, I think he's a little high. I'm not a big Alshon Jeffrey guy, and I, I think you kind of agree with me. Uh, Zach Ertz, Mike Wallace, Nelson Aguilar. Nick Foles probably for a couple games. Mac Collins. Mac Collins. Mac, Mac Hollins yeah. is another one. Dallas Goddard apparently going to be a red zone <laughs> target. So Nick Foles for a few games. Carson Wentz probably after that. Nine touchdowns for Jeffrey last year. Up, down, indifferent. Jimmy Kemsky said, Scott, on that Rotoviz podcast, he would be, quote, absolutely shocked if Carson Wentz did not start game one. He said he has seen absolutely nothing in camp that indicates that Carson Wentz is hurt. He goes, I've seen a lot of players over my years. He's not walking around like he's hurt whatsoever. So that's just a little side note. The answer is yes, I don't like Alshon Jeffrey. Yes, I see regression. I don't like him at all. Injuries, trouble separating, ridiculous touchdown to reception ratio last year. is very Alan Hearns-esque, like 6-1, to one, something like that. Forget it. Regression there for him. And the next guy happens to be right behind him in ADP, and that's wide receiver 21. That's Jarvis Landry. He also had nine touchdowns last year. So first – Alshon Jeffrey or Jarvis Landry, or would you rather be knife stuck in your eyeball? And will Landry go up or down? I would rather paint my face and wear your Brett Kiesel jersey and go to a Pittsburgh Steeler game than draft Jarvis Fear Landry. Fear the beard. Fear the beard. Okay, so I will say regression on Jarvis Landry. Over under for him, four touchdowns in my opinion. Woo! That's a big time regression mm-hmm. right there. Number six, aforementioned Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster. He had seven touchdowns last year as a rookie. Sophomore slump, or does he carry it on from last year? Martavis Bryant gone. He slides in as the two. James Washington take anything away? What do you think for Juju? Seven touchdowns last year. Love Juju this year. Love that number. I think it's right there. Antonio Brown was sent home to Pittsburgh today because of an injury, which, of course, Tomlin said is not serious. Would he tell us if it was? Probably not. I don't like Le'Veon Bell missing the entire training camp again. He's not Superman. You can't just keep missing training camp. There's a reason that they have it. So I like Juju. I think he could really pop. I expect a little bit of a Brown regression because at some point you can't lead the league in receiving every single year for 10 years. Okay? Some, no one does that okay he's done it enough he's gonna have his bust in canton congratulations okay i like juju this year i like that number i think it's right there and juju's right behind jeffrey and landry he's a wide receiver 22 oh my god aj green he had eight touchdowns last year with the red rifle how does he go this year with the red rifle they just cut brandon lafell so he's gone is john ross gonna be somebody to worry about is tyler eifert gonna be healthy or is it the AJ Green show? He is currently the wide receiver number seven. I don't mean to keep playing leagues. I don't mean to keep playing the middle here. I like that number. They really like Josh Malone. I talked to Jay Morrison. I did the, the Bengals preview also. I talked to you're hitting a lot of the teams I did, by the way. Uh, they they really like Josh Malone. So if John Ross doesn't pop, Josh Malone isn't getting drafted, Scott, but he's definitely a guy. I mean, the Tyler Boyd, you know, you know what you're gonna get from him. He got the big catch that knocked it, put the Bills in the playoffs and knocked out the Ravens last year. Congratulations. But they really like Josh Malone a lot. I think AJ Green is safe. No Brandon LaFell makes him safe. 
Uh, they've upgraded their offensive line a little bit. I think that's a good number for him. I can't see him getting less than eight touchdowns when there's pretty much nobody else on that team. And you know Tyler Eifert's going to get hurt, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that, that is absolutely a given. He was drafted relatively early in his dynasty league, and Jermaine Gresham was drafted before the 15th round. So yeah, really, that's nuts. A, lot, a lot of crazy things going on. Tight ends are going fast, too. Next one on the board, probably my, you know, one of the guys I'm not high on this year, Devontae Adams, wide receiver eight right now, fantasy pros. He had 10 touchdowns last year between a combination of A-Rod and Brett Hundley. 10's a pretty high number. Can he surpass 10, or does he come back down to earth a little bit? TJ Hernandez on Twitter, at TJ Hernandez for 4 for 4, put this tweet out about an hour ago. Devontae Adams ranked in the top three in red zone targets in both 2016 and 2017. Over the last 10 years, only five players have ranked in the top five in red zone targets in consecutive seasons. So Devontae Adams did something, with Jordy Nelson still being there, that only five other players have done in the last 10 seasons. I, Scott, I think it's safe. I mean, if you told me Aaron Rodgers plays 16 games, there is no way on God's green earth that Devontae Adams doesn't get 10 touchdowns. It's just not possible. I, I, I can't see it. I mean, I love Randall Cobb as much as the next guy. And I did a pod today, the Sock and Shaft pod. That'll come out soon. They asked me for who I am. The, who's the guy I always have to have every year? I brought your name up, how you make fun of me. I said Randall Cobb. I love Randall Cobb. But but Scott, if you're telling me Aaron Rodgers is playing at least 14 games, I can't go much lower than 10. I mean, he's, he's getting the red zone looks before. Who are they throwing to now? Richard Rodgers is Jimmy, gone. J- Jimmy Graham in the red zone? Yeah, who I think will get a lot. But, like, you know, I, let's, you know how many is he going to get? You know, is he? they've never utilized the tight end to their full potential. And listen, Jimmy Graham is the best tight end they've had, better than Jermichael exactly. Finley. But I think still there's a limit. I don't think you're going to go from never using the tight end to all of a sudden favoring him over a wide receiver. I think Devontae Adams is pretty safe. I'm with you. I think your concerns with him are very valid. I see what you see. But I think that's safe. You want to say nine touchdowns? Sure. But I'm not going less than eight. All right. Number nine, Larry Fitzgerald, the ageless wonder. He keeps doing it. He's a wide receiver 12. He had a great year last year, but only six touchdowns. So up or down for Larry Fitz with Sam Bradford and then probably Josh Rosen at some point because we know Bradford will get hurt. I think six is okay. I don't like his ADP, man. He's the wide receiver 15. I love Fitz, Hall of Famer, be right next to Antonio Brown. They'll have their bust next to each other. Great. But I, I, I just can't get there, man. I know. I just, I, you know, there's a lot of risk involved. I know death taxes in him, but I'd rather be a, a, a year early than a year late. You know what I mean? I'd rather pass on Larry Fitzgerald this year and have him catch 90 balls than draft him and have him catch 60. You know, so I'm going to shy away from that. Too much variance. As for touchdowns, that's about right. Six, maybe five. Yeah. All right. And then number 10. DeAndre Hopkins, 13 touchdowns last year. Sean Watson, and then he just continued his toward pace with Tom Savage. He gets a healthy Watson this year. 13 touchdowns at nearly 1,400 yards. What do, you, what do you say for Nuke? Can he go above 13? Scott, John McClain said he finds it very hard for DeAndre Hopkins to match what he did last year simply because of the other weapons that are there. He just doesn't see it happening. Deshaun Watson likes to spread the ball around. I know there's really no tight end of consequence. Steve, you know, Steven Anderson, I understand. But uh, I think he's going to throw to Fuller. You know, I love Kiki Kuti in the slot there. I've talked about him. They're trying to get Braxton Miller going. They're patient with him because he used to be a quarterback. 13 is high. I see a little regression. Absolutely double digits. But uh, do I see him getting 13 again? I'll stick with John McClain, who's covered 40 years, and say no. All right. And that wraps up the uh, regression candidates for us in wide receivers. Thanks to Fantasy Pros, Mike Taglieri, giving us that article, putting it out there. Something to talk about as we head into quarter number three. 
Scott, you did a fantastic article on Alan Hearns. You really do a great job with your spotlights and your articles there, picking out controversial figures. And Alan Hearns is an interesting one. So why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I put out an article, you know, with last word on sports, I do the fantasy spotlights, we kind of focus certain players, certain situation, a couple of rankings here and there. And then a new site I'm working with, scorecrowsports.com, good bunch of guys there as well. I put out a, a player spotlight on Alan Hearns. You're trying to trying to distinguish who's going to be the lead guy there in Dallas with Des gone and Jason Witten gone. So it's a whole new era going on in Dallas. And I know a lot of people are very high on Michael Gallup, and I get it. You know, it's a it's a new shiny toy. It's a rookie wide receiver who was fantastic in college, put up some big numbers. Colorado State, you know, averaged 15.3 yards per catch, 21 touchdowns, and 2,690 yards in two seasons at Colorado State. So if you're a Cowboy fan, absolutely you get it. And all reports right now is he's really pressing to really get into that wide receiver one com- conversation in training camp. He's, he's looked impressive. He's doing well. But, you know, you, you know, history shows that it's really, really tough for these rookie wide receivers, unless your name is Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, and so forth, to get a, a real high immediate impact your first year. Now, I'm not saying Gallup can't, but the Cowboys went out and they signed Alan Hearns in the offseason. They signed him before. Des Bryant was released and before Jason Witten retired. So all, all intentions here were that he was going to be probably the number two receiver and fight for, you know, number two-like targets with Witten and so forth. They're gone, and he kind of by default falls into this number one number one uh, role as a wide receiver unless Gallup can overtake him. Just kind of looking at some of the things that he's done. Hearns battled some injuries over the past couple of years, but when he's been on the field, he has been productive. You know, he had averaging over 13 yards a catch over the last two seasons. And then you go back to 2015, which is that breakout year, 64 catches with Blake Bortles, had a thousand, over 1,000 yards, and he averaged 16 yards a catch and scored 10 touchdowns. So this is something you're kind of looking for. If Alan Hearns could stay healthy it, with a team that is their, their main goal is to run the football. Obviously, their main goal is to pound the rock with Ezekiel Elliott. But I think you and I kind of agree that this team is going to probably be in more negative game script situations than positive just because – the overall talent level isn't there. I mean, there could be Cowboy fans out there that disagree. That's just kind of the way I look at it with the division. The Giants improved. The Eagles are still good, and the, and the Redskins improved a little bit as well. So it could be a tough division for them and a tough conference. So if they're in more negative game script than positive game script, someone's got to start getting somebody's targets. Now, could it be Gallup? Sure. I'm leaning towards Alan Hearns. I think Hearns is a, a very, very safe uh, target for Dak Prescott to use and look at. And it was funny when I was looking at this article and kind of breaking this down. You and I are not huge fans of Des Bryant. Cowboy fans were always fans of him. You know, they they, they kind of always gave him more, more you know, more notoriety or more recognition than he probably deserved. But when I looked at these stats over the, from 2015 to 2017, these two are extremely uh, similar. Des played 38 games, 150 receptions, 2,035 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Alan Hearns played 36 games, had 138 receptions, 1,993 yards, and 15 touchdowns. So two less games played, two less touchdowns, but the number is eerily similar. So with Dak Prescott now in his third year, he's going to try to find someone he can work with. It's Witten's gone, Brett Dez is gone. This this could be the guy that he can build a rapport with, and it could also be a Michael Gallup. But I think the veteran presence of Hearns and a healthy Hearns could help them there. When you look at guys that are going to compete for targets, Cole Beasley's two years removed from a 98 target season with 75 catches. I think Beasley's a little bit you know, overrated and people kind of they think he's a really good slot receiver, which he had a good season a couple of years ago, but I'm not very high on Cole Beasley. Terrence Williams has averaged 74 targets over the past three years, so he's really never taken a next step. 
in, in the Cowboy receiving game. And then, of course, like I said, the unknown is Michael Gallup, what we're going to get out of him. Training camp reports, like I said, say he's really pushing to get in that top conversation. But, again, it is still training camp. Got to see him on the field, and it's real tough for these wide receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers, to make an impact. Just look at a guy like Devontae Parker. Now his fifth year, and he still hasn't made an impact. So it, it gets tough with Quan Treadwell, all these other guys, John Ross. He's some, how about Rashard Perryman, who's probably on the verge of getting cut. Uh, I dropped that ball tonight. No good. No yeah, good. Right, and that was like the first or second play of the game. That no was good. it. I, as soon as he dropped that, I put that out on Twitter. I said, the uh, Raven tenure from Perryman is coming to an end quick. Can't, can't do that when you're fighting for a roster spot. So, I mean, you just look at these guys, and it, it, it's an offense that you know wants to go through Elliott. And when he's on the field, he's going to touch the ball nearly 30 times a game. But I just see Prescott having to throw more. And as Gallup still learns the offense and becomes a more integral part of the offense, I think Alan Hearns is healthy and is a safe guy for you to look at. I kind of projected him, maybe lofty projections, but I put him at 121 targets, giving you 81 receptions, cracking a thousand yard mark, and I put him at a seven touchdown number. So that's what I give you for Alan Hearns. I think he's his value is 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 definitely something you could take advantage of. I mean, right now, wide receiver 49. I think that's criminally low for a guy who's going to be the number one by default until Gallup uh, unseats him. So for me, that's someone you could target late, you know, 10th, 11th round. And some people are telling me they're getting him in the 13th round. If you're getting in that late, I think he's worth a flyer, and I think he's definitely worth potential to put up solid wide receiver two numbers for you uh, with the Cowboys. Excellent breakdown, partner. I'm talking to Marcus Mosier tomorrow doing the Cowboys team preview. So once I get that information, I'll certainly tell you guys on the next pod and give you an update. You may be right on the money. This is what I put out on Twitter. Prescott has averaged 309.5 completions his first two years. Give Zeke 50 receptions. Uh, That's generous. Give Beasley 70. That's very generous. Give uh, Tavon Austin 50. Very, very generous. And give Michael Gallup as a rookie 50 when I'm hearing from Mosier that they like Alan Hearns and Gallup is a little bit behind. That still leaves 90 receptions, even in that situation. Assuming that Prescott doesn't throw more than that, which if they have negative game script, he will. I don't see how Hearns can't get 60 to 70 receptions and he's going as the PPR wide receiver 43. I'm with you. People have come back on Twitter very angry about this. They're saying, why can't everybody catch 60? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen unless you have a terrible quarterback. Prescott is a solid quarterback. You may not like him as much as some other people, like a Matt Stafford or a Matt Ryan, but he still is solid. This isn't a rookie guy. This isn't last year, uh, me moving forward in my, in my trying to go for the dynasty championship with, uh, Gosh, who'd I have? Who was the guy who started for Arizona last year? Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert. And there's one other guy. I had uh, Jake Ruddick. Okay, Detroit. Jake like, that's not, that's yeah, not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a, a solid team with a very good offensive line. And if you think there's going to be negative game script, I think I'm with you on Alan Hearns. But I want to hear what uh, Marcus Mosier says about Gallup tomorrow. I can't wait for that. We'll see. Yeah, I think this is just one of those guys where at the, when the season's over, you're going to look at his numbers and be like, oh, wow, really? Like, kind of like when we, one of our earlier episodes, I looked at Duke Johnson, you know, said 93 receptions. Like, wow quietly 93 catches i think hearns will be one of those guys that'll be like wow he finished with 82 83 catches cracked a thousand many people are not expecting much from him i you know he's a talented wide receiver he's still young he's only 26 he's entering the prime of his career gets a fresh start in dallas indoors with a young quarterback who's going to try and make more of a name for himself i I just think it's a good situation for him and he's going to kind of fall into that one spot and he's you know not getting any respect at all right now in fantasy drafts totally agree fourth quarter 
All right, Scott, working on a big article here. So I got some things for you. I want to talk to th- about three teams and get your reaction. So I'm going to go through a series of stats that I have on the Giants, the Saints, and the Dolphins. And I want to see what you have to say about it. So let's start with the New York Giants. Just some things I've noticed. I've compiled, number crunch, use a bunch of resources. So Saquon Barkley, Scott, had the greatest NFL combine ever. One of the greatest performances ever. He ran a 4-4-0 40-yard dash time with at 233 pounds, right? Crazy. He was a workhorse back at Penn State. He had a 14.8%, 93rd percentile college target share as per player profiler. So he was running, he was catching it. Over the 2015-2016 season, Odell Beckham had 163.5 targets on average. Okay. Now, last year, the target distribution for the Giants was as followed. Evan Ingram, 115. Sterling Shepard, 84. Roger Lewis, 72. Shane Vereen, 58. Wayne Gallman, 48. Odell Beckham, 41. Brandon Marshall had 33. And the Giants' offensive line ranked fourth in run-blocking efficiency last season. So they actually were fairly decent. Now, they've signed Nate Soldier. You've talked about him. They got the massive UTEP guard, Will Hernandez. And they got Patrick Omame from Jacksonville. Line looks better. Odell Beckham's back. Saquon Barkley, one of the greatest combines ever. Here's my question. Eli Manning's 37. He's thrown double-digit interceptions in every year of his career except his rookie season in 2004. And over that time span, the last four seasons, he's averaged 27 touchdowns and 14.3 interceptions, translating to the QB 23, the QB 21, the QB 10, and the QB 10. What is going to be the finish for Eli Manning? And if you like, if you don't like him, where is he going to fail? Is Beckham going to fail? Are they not going to be able to run the ball, even though they were fourth in run blocking efficiency last year and they got some upgrades? What's going to happen with Eli? Do you see him having better than his 27 touchdown, 14.3 interception average over the last four years? I mean, I see him probably right around that number. Maybe, I mean, the interceptions I think could go up a little bit. The touchdowns could probably go up a little bit too. But I mean, I think really where I kind of hit on this a few times already, to me, the two guys that are really going to take the hit is Evan Ingram, I think, takes a hit for sure. With a healthy Beckham and a healthy Shepard, the targets are going to get spread around more. And I know many people may not be a huge fan of Shepard, but the Giants like Sterling Shepard. And obviously now the Giants are in talks with Odell Beckham to extend the contract. So we know if he gets a contract, that'll be great things, good thing for them as well. I think Ingram, while very talented and a very, very good tight end and showed us a lot last year, was the beneficiary of lining up for most weeks with a Roger Lewis, a Tavares King, Travis Rudolph, and so forth. He's not going to be in that situation now. So with these other skilled players there, I think he loses a little bit. And I think, listen, I think Barkley's going to be a very good running back. I really do. You're right. You hit all the things about the combine. He's extremely talented, record-setting numbers in the combine and everything like that. The line, albeit good in run efficiency, pass or blocking efficiency being fourth, still did nothing on the ground last year, period. They upgraded it. Solder's good, but he's older. Hernandez looks good, but he's a rookie. Eric Flowers looked good, too, at, at, as being drafted as a rookie, correct? And how did he turn out? He did not turn out to be that well. They had to move him, almost got rid of him. So I think the two guys that are going to take a hit here would be Ingram and I think Barkley. I'm not saying Barkley's going to have a bad year. I just think he's grossly overvalued at his ADP right now, which is it's just too high for me. So for me, those would be the two guys that I think take the bigger hit, uh, Ingram and Barkley. Next up, I want to talk about the New Orleans Saints. So there's a lot of questions here with the Saints on exactly how productive they're going to be. Mark Ingram is out for four games. 
The Saints have produced top 10 PPR fantasy running backs in three consecutive years, Mark Ingram in 2015-2016 and Kamara last year. As per Graham Barfield, over the past six seasons, the Saints' backfield has combined to rank first, fourth, first, 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 first in team receptions at the running back position. Kamara ranked first among all running backs with 826 receiving yards and second with 82 receptions last year. However, he only ranked 11th with 39 red zone touches. Didn't get the red zone touches. Mark Ingram was 7th with 43 red zone touches. So Ingram is suspended for the first four games. Last thing, Kamara averaged at home 20 PPR fantasy points per game, 6.5 targets, 5 receptions, 44 rushing yards. Got it? 20, 6.5, 5, and 44. Ready? On the road, 19.3, 6 targets, 5.2 receptions, and 47 rushing yards. Almost a perfect split home and away. So, what is going to happen in their backfield? Alvin Kamara, what's the effect? Does he get increased red zone touches? Are they going to Terrence West? Tell me wh- how you address this backfield, and do you draft Mark Ingram? What do you think? Oh, Mark Ingram's got a four-game suspension, so quarter of the fantasy season. I still draft him. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, you know, you look at his current uh, fantasy pros, where he's going at the moment. Uh, Mark Ingram, with the suspension, is going as the RB number 24. So yep. Still going ahead yep. of our boy Derrick Henry. <laughs> hey. P- no, I got him behind. Is he, is he ahead? He's really. I got Henry at uh, RB eighteen in PPR P- formats and Ingram at P- twenty four. PPR fantasy points. A uh, fantasy pros has him at twenty four and Henry twenty five. That's ridiculous. Good. So we. Yeah, this is this, these, this is your group of guys here. So fifty nine experts. You're one of those fifty nine. So you I guys am. can consensus rankings. That's where they're at. I'm gonna pull my um, rankings up while you're talking. I guarantee you, I have Derrick Henry ahead. Good. You keep going. I'm sure, I'm you, do. Right now. you probably have Derrick Henry three. <laughs> Kamara is going to be a very key fa- factor again. I, I don't see much of a drop off for Kamara. Uh, he'll get he'll get some red zone touches for sure. Terrence Wentz may sneak a few. The rookie Edmonds may get a couple as well. But really, uh, Kamara is going to carry the load until until Ingram comes back. I know they brought Shane Marina in, but that's kind of just a roster filler spot. So Kamara, his AP, ADP, he's fifty. He's ahead of Barkley. He's right behind the big four. Uh, and rightfully so, he really should be. That offense is going to click again. Drew Brees continues to do what he does. The Saints at, the Saints at home are fantastic, and normally the Saints on the road aren't, but when Kamara's giving you those even splits home road, that's a great thing to see for a fantasy owner. Again, it was one season, a rookie. We'll find out how the NFL adjusts to him, but really he put up some ungodly numbers last year. And uh, with Ingram out, those first four weeks going to be uh, – Unload Kamara on the world, send them out there and let him light up the board. Derrick Henry, seven, Mark Ingram, 25, as per my fantasy pros rankings. <laughs> where, would, where would Mark Ingram be if he was playing a full season? Uh, he'd be top 10. He'd be, oh, he'd I be like right. him. No, I like yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. I still wouldn't put him at Henry. I like Henry better. But no, I like him. I, I just, I, not with the suspension. And the way I'm looking at this man, right, is total fantasy points at the end of the year. He's missing four games. I mean, come on. I, I'm, I'm with you. Considering both. Consider let's hypothetically say both tandems are healthy. Do you prefer Ingram Kamara or Freeman Coleman? <sighs> I gotta take Ingram and Kamara because of what Graham Barfield just said, right? I mean, he's been their number one in receptions. If we're talking PPR in five of the last six years, how do I not take that? Oh, right? right. And I, I love that, that Atlanta backfield. You know that, and that's why I put it out there because I know you're yeah. a big fan I, of the freaking Coleman, and you're a huge fan of Coleman. I'm sure you can't wait to find out where he goes next year on his own. 
I can't. Oh, I'll be the. I can't wait. I after that staff from Barfield, I have to take it. I, I can't. I can't. Just I can't deny that. Last one for your partner. Then we're done. The Miami Dolphins. You know, not a team that's really on the radar of, of a lot of places, but certainly they have value. I mean, every team has fantasy value, so you have to sort of look at it here and 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 go through it and see what you can get. The Dolphins, Scott, have the second most vacated targets, 290 from 2017, only behind the Ravens. Jarvis Landry's gone. He took with him 161 targets, which was third among all fantasy wide receivers, 112 receptions, which was first, and he was first with 18 red zone receptions. Jarvis Landry was last year. By the way, I'm reading a Tyrod Taylor already has a connection with Jarvis Landry. Unbelievable. Landry was, Landry was 16.4 PPR fantasy points per game. That was fourth. Kenny Stills averaged 7.7 targets, a touchdown, and 17.6 PPR fantasy points per game last year when Devontae Parker did not play. 7.7 targets, a touchdown, and 17.6 fantasy points per game. That was with Jay Cutler and Matt Moore. Okay? Despite uh, Ryan Tannehill in 2016 played behind the 24th ranked offensive line in pass blocking efficiency as a player profiler. 24th. All right. Despite that, Tannehill was still ninth in completion percentage that year, 67%. That's very high. And fourth in red zone completion percentage, 67.4. Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola. Talk to me here. What's going to happen? with this passing attack. Yeah, we touched on this a little bit last episode with the vacated targets. I'm I'm with you. I'm starting to really fall in place here with you. Uh, Kenny Stills being a, a key contributor here for Miami. 105 targets last year. That's with three games, Land- Scott. 17 fantasy points per game in three games. That, I yeah. mean, three's not one. You know, I'm just saying. No, no, you're right. And uh, DeMonte Parker has really struggled to, to make some noise. And, uh, you know, 96 targets in 12 games last year for him. Landry, like you said, had over 160. They're going to bring in the tight end who they like. They said Gasecki's look really good in the training. Who drafted camp. him in the dynasty league? Uh, you did. You did, my <laughs> friend. I think you went back to back tight ends. Uh, I Gusecki after just to I just to annoy a follower who was asking me that I had no tight ends. <laughs> yeah. I forget who your other tight end was, but Gasecki, who I was targeting, looking to get him on the comeback there. Uh, so he's looked good. So there's going to be plenty of targets spread around. You know, we both kind of like Albert Wilson a little bit in the slot. Danny Amendola. We'll get a little action as well, but I, I'm with you a little bit here. If Kenny Stills can consistently go out there and show that he's not just a big play splash kind of guy, I think he's is the guy that's going to lead his team in targets. I don't think it's going to be Parker. I think Parker's being uh, overvalued and overdrafted. He's he's going here uh, thirty wide receiver thirty eight. That's what I have at Fantasy Pros. You probably have something different, but that's what they have them at. It's wide receiver 38. Kenny Stills, wide receiver 45. I'd probably flip them. I'd put Stills ahead of Parker. I think Stills will be the guy, if he's healthy, stays out there and shows he can do a little more than the Feast of Famine stuff. Would be a guy maybe to get 120 targets this year, boost up that catch number a little bit, You know, get a little more than the uh, 55.2 catch percentage. If he can improve that and get closer and get a little more in the end zone and stuff like that, I think Kenny Stills will be the guy. I think Kenny Stills will be number one, Parker, We'll battle with the rest for uh, second fiddle. Totally agree. Scott, I just want to update you here on my Fantasy Pros rankings for running backs. I have Le'Veon Bell 10th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put, I, put that yeah, out. I have had a Saquon Barkley. I have had a Saquon Barkley. Put that out on Twitter and see how you get. So see, and, and me, and you know what? I won't even waste my time defending it, defending Bell, because it'll just be a stealer bias. You got him at 10. 
me saying he's better than ten, I'll be like a seal of bias. I I'm okay. Buy. I'm okay with Bell and Brown. I, I it, it's Ben. It really goes back to Ben. My top ten running backs, in case you're interested. I know you're not. I'm going to tell you anyway. Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Fournette, Gurley, Burkhead, David Johnson, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Kamara, and Le'Veon Bell. A couple, yeah, a couple more days from now, man. I think Geis will go ahead of Bell. <laughs> well, Benny Cunningham, nope. you put after Benny Cunningham's performance tonight in the Hall of Fame game, you put him ahead of Bell. Why not? Put put him there too. Maybe get a Jamal Lewis out of retirement. Put him up ahead of him. Yeah, just no, no, no Chris Bam Thompson. Morris. How about Bam Morris. Get him. <laughs> no Chris Thompson. Darius Geis looks good. Could could crack the top ten. Sure does. Yeah, tough tough break for Chris Thompson. Probably not going to be ready till November. <laughs> All right, that's it, folks. Again, please rate and review the podcast. We are on iTunes. Take a minute. Give us five stars. Tell us that we're great. Even if you don't like us, give us five stars and then tweet us and tell us we're terrible. Uh, Follow Scott at SCOT557, myself at Randall Rant, and the pod at PUT Blitz. We're going to have some interviews coming up. We're bringing it hardcore. This dynasty draft will end at some point, my friend. I can't wait. Yeah, and I know you can't wait to hear the news, so let me give it to you now. Adam Schefter, Antonio Brown will be, quote, fine in a few days. That is just a strange plot. Yeah, I really, I'm sure they sent it back to Pittsburgh for a string quad. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you.